Man, I'm excited for tonight. We, uh, you know, last week we jumped into this brand new series called Eyewitness, and I'm really excited for it because it's talking about testimony. Anybody learn anything last week about testimonies? Pretty good stuff, right? Some of the misconceptions, we jumped into like what a testimony isn't, and um, and I'm guilty of like of all of those misconceptions, like maybe my testimony is my whole life or, or some of those different things we learned. Um, and uh, tonight, we're going to learn about what testimony is. And Savannah's going to share her heart. But I just wanted to introduce her really quickly to you guys and, and let you know kind of like what's going on with her because you're kind of new here, right? How long have you been here? <laughs> you hear me now? You, I'm just kidding. You hear me now? <laughs> um, I've been here probably since uh, mid-August. August, yeah. Or September, yeah. Yeah, crazy story about how she came here. Definitely ask her afterwards, but it's it's a really, really, really cool story. And um, Savannah came here and and uh, pretty quickly applied for um, one of our internship positions. And um, you have a heart to go into ministry, right? Yep. Yeah, why, why do you want to go into ministry? Um, I don't know. I think I've just always grown up in the church. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But um, I've always just yeah, grown don't up. Preach yet. Don't preach yet. Don't preach yet. Don't preach yet. Um, but I've always just grown up in church and just loved just my leaders growing up um, in different groups and small groups. And um, it's always been just this huge help going through middle school, high school, even now young adults. Um, and I've just always had the heart for Jesus and loving on people. And I actually was going to school before this for nursing. And I realized, like, that's not the direction I'm supposed to go at all. And I had this huge, like, come to God moment um, and just, like, yeah, I was like, ministry is the thing I want to do. So, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, one more question. What was your most embarrassing moment? Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You don't have to say that. Oh, I did man. That from school. Anyway, I like, hey, guys, um, I'm excited to hear tonight what God has to say to us through Savannah. Um, she has an amazing testimony. She was sharing a little bit about it with me um, as she was preparing, as we were preparing this message together. And uh, I know she's going to include some of that in, in her message tonight. So help me give it up for Savannah. What up? How are you guys doing? Scale of 1 to 10. <laughs> cool. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to, Peter told me I couldn't stutter while I'm up here, so I'm not going to do that. And you guys can get tallies and just, anyways, don't do that, please. I'll be really insecure. Um, but I hope you guys are doing well. Um, as Christy kind of mentioned, last week we learned really about testimony and the unlearned misconceptions of those things. And so this week we're going to be answering literally the question of what is testimony. I think it's super important that we get to just learn that, um, not only learn that, but also just get to unwind and see like what testimony is. Um, but before I get started, I'm just going to pray for us. I think prayer is super important going into these things. I also think Jesus needs to just be on my side today. Um, so we're going to pray. just going to allow Jesus to be in this moment. Um, dear Jesus, I thank you for just the people in this room. I thank you that we get to just come to this space and feel welcomed and feel accepted and feel loved and prayed for. Um, I thank you that we get to just come into this community of young adults and just learn about you every single week and learn about the people you've put in our life. Um, I just pray for just the next few minutes as we go into this idea of testimony, what it looks like, why it's important what it means in our life right now in 2022. Um, I just thank you again just for the people who are here tonight. I believe that you're going to do some amazing things from this. And I pray that you just, you would speak your words through me tonight that, I, that needs to be spoken to anybody in this room. 
Um, we love you, Lord, and we thank you just for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want to get a raise of hand in here. We're, we're going to go back to a really uncomfortable place in our life, high school. Kane, uh, <laughs> thank you. I haven't asked the question yet, but thank you. Um, I want to go back to high school, and I want you guys to think about classes maybe you took in high school, um, maybe that you walked into every single day and was like, why am I here? What's the point of this class? Why is it important? Um, maybe you were that kid who sat in the back corner with your hoodie on, your backpack up on the table, and you realized you fell asleep in class. Um, anybody? I feel like fried crispy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, that class was algebra. You could, I cannot do math to save my life. Um, and algebra was that class I would walk into every single day. I was like, why the heck am I here? Like, why is it important? Why does it matter? Um, and I knew early on in high school at this time that, like, ministry was what I wanted to do. I wanted to get up like this and um, just tell people about Jesus and love people. And so I was like, why do I have to learn about fractions and decimals and random equations that don't even make sense? Like, it didn't make sense. And so I was questioning, like, its importance and why it mattered. And I think we do the same thing about testimony. When we hear it, maybe you've heard it before in church. Maybe it's been this thing that you've heard the word, but you don't really know what it means or why it matters. Uh, maybe it's something that you have heard about, but it kind of just goes over your head or it's just kind of left behind you. But my hope is by the end of tonight is you can get a better, clearer idea of testimony, why, what it is, why it matters. Because I do believe and know that every Christian and every person in this room has a testimony, has this story to share. And last week, Christy brought up again this idea of misconceptions. And I don't know if you can relate, but I think I related to every single one of them. I think I've been in that season or that life, point of life where I related to every single one. Um, but right now, what I want you guys to do is just kind of clear your mind. Get a clear slate, clean slate. Don't think about those things that we talked about. Because I think that when we can do that, when we can get to that place, we can really get a crystal clear picture of what testimony really is. Um, see its importance and really live out its importance. Because um, I think that it does matter and it does to our lives. Um, we're going to go into a little bit of scripture, and we started reading um, some of this scripture last week, and it's John 1, 1 through 4, um, and it says this. It says, we declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands. Concerning the word of life, um, this life was revealed, and we have seen and testified to it. And we declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you that we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And, um, and is with the Father, with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you, that our joy may be complete. And what I love about these bits of scripture is it kind of goes along with this whole, like, witness and um, testimony idea that says, like, we declare, we have heard, we have seen, we have looked at, we have touched, we have revealed, declared. And if you look kind of down in verse 2, it says this word testify. 
And I was kind of going through some of these words, and I was looking at these specific words, and testify kind of hit me. And in the Greek language, it means, uh, I'm going to butcher this, so I, I don't speak Greek, but it says matrion, which also means witness. And I don't know, I just thought that was so interesting to kind of learn about and research and look up, that it means witness. And I want to see, have anybody who ever witnessed something, maybe it was a conversation or it was a moment in your life, where you, you just remember everything so crystal clear from that moment. That you remember what you saw, what you experienced, what you felt, maybe even what you smelled or you heard in those moments. And I think like those are some of the coolest, deep moments. Because all of those things can come from what we witnessed in that. And there's so much power and truth. And from that, it comes with this idea that when you get to tell that experience, when you get to tell that moment of what you ex- experienced, what you felt, what you smelled, what you heard, no one can come up to you and convince that your story was wrong or that it didn't happen. It becomes this evidence of your story with Jesus. And that's what testimony is. That's what we're defining testimony. I think a lot of times, again, why we maybe disregard testimony or this idea of it. One is because maybe we don't understand, but I think it's also like churches like to make it so complicated, this idea that seems so complicated. But it's just your story with Jesus. And maybe it's not, I moved to Colorado when I was five. I then moved to Montana. Um, But it's really just your story with Jesus, a story And we're going to actually jump a little bit more into the Bible, into probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And this is just talking about this woman who has this incredible experience with God. Um, And if you haven't figured it out yet, we're going to be listening to, or we're going to be talking about the woman at the well. Um, And we're just going to dive into her encounter, her experience, what she witnessed, and her testimony, and how her 11-word testimony, her story with Jesus, brought so many people to come to Jesus. Um, So we're going to read through a pretty big chunk of this story. So just hold on with me, bear with me for a few minutes. Um, We're just going to kind of go through some of the verses and talk through it as we go through. Um, Starting in verse 1, John 4, verse 1, it says, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, um, who was baptizing, but it was his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Verse 4, it says, Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sitrar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tried, tired as he was from the journey sat down by the well, and it was about noon. So a lot is happening here. A lot is going on. Um, Jesus and the disciples are traveling through a bunch of different towns and cities and just doing baptizing. The disciples are baptizing people. And so they had to travel once more. And so they traveled, they left Judea, went back once more to Galilee. And um, 
they had to travel. It says he had to go through Samaria. And so um, he traveled through this town and came to this well. And it's kind of interesting to me. Um, it says the timing that he got to this well. And it says it was noon. It was 12 o'clock. And why this has significance and why I thought it was so interesting, the timing, was this is when the, not only when the Sumerian woman came to the well, but a little bit back history, usually um, when women would come, it was the women who were in charge of getting the water from the well. And when they would do it, it was usually in the earliest of mornings or it was late at night, is when they would go out to this well and collect water. And so it's really interesting that it says it was about noon when this woman came. And why this is, is because this woman didn't want to be seen by anybody else. She knew her past. She knew the things she had done. She knew how messy it was. And she wanted to cover up and hide from the people. She didn't want people to know the things that she had done. Going into verse 7, it says, When the Sumerian woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Verse 9, it says, The Sumerian woman said to him, You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And why she's questioning this is, is because, again, back thousands of years ago, I don't know a whole lot of the history of it, but I do know that kind of these two cultures Jewish culture and the Sumerian culture, they were kind of at this feud against one another. They were never really like hand in hand with one another. And so she's like, you're a Jew. Like, why would you even be talking to me, looking at me? Like, why are you communicating? And why are you asking me for a drink? Because in verse 10, it says, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Verse 11, it says, Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drink from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Verse 13, it says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And it says, verse 15, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to be coming here to draw water. So in this moment, she's like, okay, I don't know what this living water is that you talk about. I don't know what you're talking about, like, what is the difference between this water you're talking about and this water that's right here in this well? But he's saying, like, come drink my water. And she's like, I don't get how water can never make me thirsty again, but I want it. Like, can we make a deal here? Like, I want this water that you have. And all he says next is, go call your husband and come back. Goes into verse 17, it says, she, said, she replied, I have no husband. And immediately he said to her, you're right. You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, actually, you've had five husbands. And the man you now have is not even your husband. So what you have said is quite true. 
So he's like, yeah, you don't have a husband right now, but you've had five. So her world's a little bit messy right now. And the fact is that he knew these things. He told her of what she had done. And, and she says, verse 19, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and the truth. Verse 25, the woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. I love this verse. It says, then Jesus declared, it is I, the one speaking to you. I am he. I am the Messiah. And I think this is such an interesting part of this story because she knew who the Messiah was. She knew that this person who was going to come eventually and was going to tell them everything. But she didn't realize that he was already there. He was already there declaring that he was the Messiah. He was declaring that he knew of her. And he told her everything that she had done. Not to make her feel guilty or to hide or to feel like she messed up. But he spoke to her. And he said, come, get this living water that I'm giving to you. It goes into verse 27. It says, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with this woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Well, why are you talking to her? It goes into verse 28, and it says, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? She left everything. She left the well. She left her water jar. She left everything so that she could go make sure that people knew who this person was, who she had this encounter with. She said, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. How could this be possible? Could this be the Messiah? And in verse 30, it says, they came out of the town and they made their way toward him. I think that's just so, like it gives me chills thinking about it because this woman had this encounter, this experience. She saw and believed and heard the words that Jesus was saying. And just this person came up to her one day and said, I know everything you've done. And in this moment, she was in shock but she was excited and she was fired up to just go tell people what she just witnessed, what she just experienced. And you can go read the rest of the story later, but it says that they came back to this town 
they came back to see Jesus. And they not only saw him, saw that it was the Messiah, they not only heard from this woman, then saw him, but it says that they believed in him. And going a little bit more down into the story, once they believed in him, they begged him to stay. And so he stayed for two more days. And it said more began to believe. And why I think this is so cool is because this was her testimony. This was her story with Jesus. It was her experience that this moment just happened. It was this moment that she had that she got to share with other people. And maybe for you, you've had moments like this in your life. Maybe you aced the test, you graduated. Maybe you got this amazing job opportunity. And the point is that you just, you were excited and you wanted to go tell people about this. Maybe you had an experience with Jesus or just this exciting moment that you just, you wanted to tell everyone around you. This woman, she needed to tell of what she had witnessed. She needed to tell of what she had witnessed. Now I'm gonna go a little bit personal into kind of a bit of my story, a little bit of my testimony with Jesus. And it looks a little bit different than, I don't know, getting a job opportunity or it looks different than the woman at the well. But for me, um, for me, my experience happened about a year and a half ago. Um, I got to a pretty dark place where I was allowing anxiety and depression to control my life instead of Jesus. Um, it led me to feeling defeated and broken. And I just, it didn't feel like anything mattered anymore. I felt hopeless. And I remember this experience so clearly. I don't know how to explain it because a lot of times I forget moments in my life that have happened in the past, but for some reason this moment just was so clear and it's still so clear in my mind. But I remember it was the middle of the night and I was sitting in my room and I was just pouring my heart out to Jesus and I was just like, God, I don't know what is happening but I just, I don't see a point anymore. I don't wanna keep going. I don't see the plan that you have for me. I don't see what you're doing in my life and things just seem hopeless. And I can't explain to you what happened in that moment, but I felt Jesus in that room. I felt him and I heard him speaking. There's still hope. Those are the words he spoke over me. And again, I can't explain the experience, but it felt powerful. I felt it in my bones. I felt, and I could hear him saying, there's still hope. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're thinking about, no matter what lies you're allowing yourself to believe, there is still hope. And in that, I was just overwhelmed with emotion. And I tell you this story not to just, I don't know. I, don't, I tell you the story because I want it to be this thing that, not that you relate to, but it's this thing that is a part of how God has moved in my life. 
that in this moment, in this hopeless, dark moment, he reminded me that there's hope. And I truly don't think that I would be up here on this stage telling you this story if it wasn't for Jesus. I truly don't think that I would even be alive if it wasn't for his goodness and his reminder that there is still hope. So you see, our testimonies, they mean something. Our experiences with Jesus, they mean something. They not only help us believe that what Jesus said was true, but they allow us to get fired up and excited to just take the experience that we've gone through, good or bad, but seeing how Jesus has moved in that, seeing how he has provided us strength and guidance and hope. And we get to go speak that onto other people. We get to go and live that out because Jesus has done something in our hearts and in our lives. Going back to the woman at the well story, she heard that Jesus said, I know of your past and I know who you are. And it just, it left her mind blown. It left her just wanting to go out and tell people, tell someone. And I don't know your stories. I don't know the things that you've gone through, good or bad. I don't know maybe your life story. But I want to just ask, like, when was the last time you just, you sat down and you just reflected on the things God has done in your life. Reflected on the truth and maybe moments in your life where he has just been there. And you can tell you have had that experience that no one can contradict. When was the last time you just allowed that to happen and let God just overwhelm you with emotion? And maybe you've been in this place where, like me, you felt defeated, or like nothing mattered. Or maybe you have been overwhelmed because you didn't know where God was taking you. And I think a lot of times we don't talk about our stories or we don't talk about testimony, maybe because we look at our stories and our testimonies and we don't, we look at the person next to us and think ours aren't valuable enough. We think it has to be this huge come to God moment. It has to be this huge thing or we have to have this past that was hard when Jesus came in. But we don't. We get it in our head that it has to be this huge thing that we get up on stage and we speak about. But it doesn't have to be that way. For me, I grew, I was born and the first Sunday I was, after I was born, I was in church. And I've been in that place where I've heard people who go to camps or they had a drug addiction and Jesus came in and they 
moved in their life and they have this huge moment. But for me, it was just I grew up in church and I always just went to church and I knew who Jesus was and I learned more about him every day. And so you don't have to just not think about your testimony because they're all significant. They all matter. They all have a piece in your life and other people need to hear them. Other people need to hear it. You have a story with Jesus and you have moments that are going to happen or have happened that are powerful. And you get the chance to be an eyewitness to those people around you, to the people in your communities, to the people who may not know who Jesus is. And just like the Samaritan woman, you get to go and speak that story and that truth and that wisdom and your testimony and not only allow people to hear it, not only allow them to see it, but to believe that there's a God and believe that Jesus is the Messiah and believe these things. You get to be an eyewitness. Every single one of you gets to be an eyewitness. So what I want to leave you with, what I want to challenge you with this week, this year, is just take time to reflect on the things Jesus has done in your life, to realize your story with Jesus. And I'm not saying you're going to figure it out tomorrow or next week or next month, but when we get to just sit in that and realize that Jesus actually has a story and we have a story to tell with Jesus, with Jesus. And we get to realize our stories and that they mean something and they're significant. It gets to be this powerful moment. It gets to be this experience that you have experienced yourself, but you get to allow people to see, hear, and believe. So do it. Sit down. Get a journal. Write down the things that good things, the bad things, the ugly things, where Jesus has shown up and been there in your life for you. Write it out. Think about it. Reflect. Take moments every day to just see how Jesus has been in your life. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are just powerful. I thank you that you created each and every one of us for a good plan and a good purpose. And that you're gonna use each of us and the experiences that we go through and the moments that we have with you. I just pray that as these young adults go out into their communities, go out into this world, go out into whatever their life might look like, that they would just worship you and remember who you are, remember your name, and just know that they all have a testimony and that it's significant and that it matters. 
I just pray for these young adults in this community, whatever they're walking through, whatever season, that they would know that they're loved, seen, and valued, and prayed for every single day. We love you, God. We thank you for who you are. Amen. Amen. Guys, give it up for Savannah. Thank you so much. Man, what I love, what I love about your story, um, let me ask you this. So you, you have kind of, you can't remember a time in your life when you didn't believe in Jesus, right? Um, <clears throat> but that, like, experience, that history brought you from a place of being, like, like, because you said, you're like, I knew of Jesus. But at some point in time, it, like, it solidified and you became a follower. And I think that's so cool. Um, and then this... Uh, thank you for being vulnerable with us and sharing like your experience a year and a half ago. I think that's pretty incredible. Um, and I want to ask you this: um, Has depression and anxiety totally gone away? Do you never deal with it anymore? No, I still deal with it. You still deal Every with it, day. right? Yeah. So it's not like this fairy tale thing; like God just made it disappear. Right. It's more like He stepped into that place of pain and said, "I'm here with you." There's hope because yep. I'm walking this journey with you. So, yep. man, I, I love that. We talked a little bit about that. Like, our testimony isn't this fairy tale experience, right? And and I know just in our conversations with a lot of you guys that you guys have dealt with anxiety and depression. And and um, and I just, I love the rawness. Is that a word? Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. I love I love the reality, the authenticity there. And, um, and I know that I definitely can connect with it. So um, thank you for sharing that. And, uh, yeah, awesome. Give it up for Savannah one more time.